Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education by Kate Colbert and Joe Salustio with contributions by Elvin Freitas is now available for pre-order on Amazon. Get your Kindle edition or your softbound book. It's going to be amazing. Advanced 360 Education is a data-focused digital marketing company with proven positive outcomes for educational institutions. To learn more, visit a360education.com or call Anthony Espinoza at 310-704-5369. That's Advanced 360 Education. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Edup Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio back here, here with another episode as I screw up already, uh, trip over my words, which is not anything new um, that happens every time I do an episode, which is fine. Uh, if you listen, you expect that. So I'm giving you what you expect. As you guys know, we're writing a book. Commencementthebook.com is the website. We're going to take over 100 college and university president interviews, and we are going to distill them down to uh, about five themes, and we're gonna write about them and tell you what's headed for the future of higher education. So check out commencementthebook.com. Um, as this episode airs, when this episode airs, you, you, will, you will have seen us at Anthology 22, where we're gonna be recording live in, uh, in uh, Orlando, Florida at Anthology for the second year running. Uh, shout out to Jim Milton, CEO at Anthology for bringing us again. Uh, we're so excited to have, uh, have been there uh, for two years. A lot going on here at the Edip Experience. Um, and there is a guest with me today who also has a lot going on at her organization. I'm going to bring her in right now, and she's ready, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about what she has going on. She is Wes K.O. She's co-founder of Maven. Wes, what's going on? Hey, Joe. Pretty excited to be here. Well, I am looking at your picture right now, and you've got a bright yellow background, and you're very smiley and very excited about um, about Maven. And I've been hearing through higher ed all about Maven here and there, and I hear Maven this and Maven that, and and uh, I think there's probably some people out there that are listening to this podcast because we do have a lot of people who listen from traditional higher education, not maybe not in the ed tech sector, so to speak. Um, that that uh, may have heard of Maven or maybe haven't. So level set for us. What is Maven and what do you guys do and how do you do it? Maven is a platform that makes it really easy for experts to teach their expertise to a community and an audience that's really eager to learn from them. So if you think about online courses, usually you think about LinkedIn Learning or Udemy or Skillshare, which are basically static video-driven courses right? It's a set of videos that you watch by yourself solo. There's no community. There's no accountability, which is why the completion rate is so low. Six Yikes. to 10% completion, right? Um, and a recent MIT study said that that might be as low as three to 6% completion. So a bunch of people are excited and eager to learn, but a tiny percentage of people actually stay long enough for any of that learning to happen. And so at Maven, we do a course, a type of course called cohort-based courses. And so cohort-based courses are the opposite of the kinds of courses that you find on Udemy. They are live, they are interactive, they are with a community of peers who are like-minded on a similar journey. So you might take a two-week course with fellow UX designers, or you might take a one-week course with other uh, product managers, right? So you're learning with other people who are committed to their craft, 
who uh, want to learn through group discussion and feedback and role-playing and really learning actively as opposed to just uh, consuming content passively. So Maven is all about core-based courses um, and enabling subject matter experts across a bunch of different industries and different functions to be able to reach their audience and reach their communities by teaching online. Okay, so cohort based, co uh, cohort based. See, I'm doing it again, Wes. I'm tripping over my own tongue. Cohort based <laughs> classes um, is something higher education is very familiar with, right? and there's a reason why cohort based classes work very well is because there's community, right? And when you have community and you have contact and you have communication, the likelihood of retention, the likelihood of of outcome is much higher. What? Why do you think your instructors? at Maven are excited to teach in a cohort-based model versus um, doing something that's you know more asynchronous? Yeah, there's a bunch of different reasons. So one, I mentioned how with static courses, the completion rate is very low, but with cohort-based courses across Maven with thousands of cohorts that we've run, the completion rate is 75% and up. So for an instructor, it's really gratifying to know that all the work that you put into your course and all the love that you have for your students, that they are actually uh, really benefiting from that and finishing that curriculum and, and going through that material. So that's so one fabulous. reason. We like that. <laughs> uh, the second is that as a subject matter expert, you can charge a lot more for a cohort-based course as opposed to a static video-driven course. So the average course on Udemy is 10 to $20 per student. The amount that you can charge in a cohort-based course is between $500 per student to $2,000 per student. Morning. So if, That's yeah, good. So, if, so if you're, you know, if you're trying to make a living selling um, video-driven courses, you need a huge amount of volume to be able to pay the rent each month. But if you're selling cohort-based courses and they're 10 to 50 times uh, higher in terms of price point, the margins are really healthy, which means that you as an instructor can really invest in making your course an amazing experience and cater to your students and not have to worry about chasing more students, more signups, more enrollments all the time. So that, that uh, the revenue piece um, is really gratifying for instructors as well. And we've seen um, instructors who have no audience or a very small audience make between 10 to $30,000 every time that they teach a cohort. Epic. And that cohort might be, you know, a week long, two weeks long. Sometimes they're only a few days long. So it's something that you can do, you know, three, four, five times a year. We have some instructors teaching 10 times a year, almost, you know, once a month. Uh, and we have instructors with bigger audiences, you know, if they have a newsletter following, a Twitter following, or they have a podcast, they've kind of, you know, invested in building their audience already. We've seen instructors with an audience make between $100,000 to $250,000 when they teach a cohort. So that's, you know, Morning. that's like a year's, yeah, that's a year's worth of salary or more for many, many people. So it's a, it's a really incredible way to make a living being able to teach what you love. Okay, so let's break this down, Wes, because now you've got you've piqued my interest here. So let's look <laughs> at it from both the the not that my interest wasn't piqued from the beginning, but um, let's look at this from the consumers uh, perspective, and that from and then for, well, let's actually start from the instructor perspective. So I'm I'm a expert in something. I don't know what it is. Let's say podcasting. Let's say I want to teach people how to do a, a higher education podcast. I'm just making this up, right? I, I kind of know what to do, but how do I take my knowledge and put this into any course that makes any sense? I mean, what kind of, 
this may even offer me help to do that because I wouldn't even know where to start. The average person doesn't know where to start, how to take their content and turn it into a course. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between knowing your craft and being a great operator versus teaching that craft and explaining it to someone else. So we see this a lot, which is why we created a free two-week course called the Maven Course Accelerator. So it's a core-based course that I teach on how to build a core-based course. So it's a, a bit meta, uh, but we really think that that's the core-based courses are the best way to teach and learn complex topics. So with something like building a core-based course, uh, it's, there's, there's a lot of different moving parts and we teach you how to do the entire thing end-to-end, -end, starting from thinking about course market fit, so are you the right instructor teaching the right topic to the right target student at the right price point with the right positioning? So you really want to think about all those different elements before you start even building your curriculum, because what we don't want to happen is to, that you spend a ton of effort building this amazing course, and then you launch it to crickets and tumbleweeds and, you know, and radio silence. So thinking upfront about, you know, <laughs> exactly. just only because you said it, you know. Right, right. No, it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, yeah. So thinking up front about, you know, who is this for? Um, is this is this the best course that I could be teaching? Is there market demand? Is there a willingness to pay for my students uh, from my students perspective? You know, all the way to putting together your curriculum and thinking about ways to make that curriculum interactive. So instead of you talking at people multiple times a week for an hour and a half, what if there were breakout rooms where your students could actually try the different frameworks that you're teaching them? Or what if uh, you had solo exercises that you know you would uh, you'd, you'd pause and say, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna everyone go on mute for the next three minutes. We're all gonna write our uh, the positioning statements for our podcasts. If let's say you're teaching a course on podcasts, right? And then everyone jots them down. And then at the end of those three minutes, we all paste what we wrote into the chat." And we, and you pick out a few to critique, right. And do kind of a live tear down on improving. All right. I liked what you did here, but you know, here you kind of lost me or here's how you can make this juicier. So all, you know, so, uh, course market fit to curriculum to, um, course marketing. How do you write an engaging landing page that attracts the right kind of target student? How do you market your course? So we really teach that end to end. Um, and that's, that's been, uh, one aspect that, that instructors have had a huge, huge positive feedback on because so many of our instructors didn't necessarily come from a teaching background. You know, they weren't K through 12 teachers. They weren't professors. You know, we call this new breed of instructors, digitally native professors. So these are people who kind of quote unquote grew up building on the internet, you know, and they might be operators or they might be executives in house, or they might be consultants or coaches um, who, uh, have have a, a digital presence of some kind, and they're they're wanting to teach and share their knowledge, uh, but they didn't necessarily come from a traditional teaching background. Digitally native instructors, is that what you said? Digitally native professors. Oh yeah, love it. So <laughs> so let's okay. So is there a self awareness piece? And you mentioned it, right? So I think 
Um, I have a guest host that comes on sometimes. His name is uh, Dr. Vistasp Karbari. He works at the University of Texas Arlington. He's a, a, a mechanical engineer and aerospace engineer of some kind. And I always joke with him that I can be an aerospace engineer. So I'm going to speak. I, I want to teach aerospace engineering. And you put me into this cohort of cohorts. And I re is there a self awareness where you go, okay, wait a minute. I know I want to teach this, but maybe I shouldn't be teaching this. Maybe this is not my expertise. Maybe it's something else. So are you teaching this? Because everybody might, I'm not saying everybody, but you might see something like Maven and go, oh, I'm going to teach how to uh, make the best cup of coffee in the world here, or I'm going to teach how to lay tile, or who knows what it might be. But I may not be the best for it. So you've built something in that makes me realize whether I can actually get students or not, right? Yeah, great question. So the topics that we're focusing on are mainly around business, strategy, startups, tech and tech adjacent uh, courses. So if you if you work at, uh, at, a, at a tech company, for example, you might want to learn product management, leadership, people management, um, how to create a podcast for your company. If you're, let's say, a, a, a one-person marketing show and you uh, are, uh, are tasked with building out different channels, how do you do that? Um, so, so it is geared more around knowledge workers. So that's great. So the laying tile maybe I still don't have that skill, bit. right? Maybe I still right. don't have that, that skill. How yes. do I know? How do you show yes. me? So right now we vet instructors that come onto the platform by making sure that folks have credibility in their topic. So usually during this process, it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit of us vetting and, and uh, teaching people to self vet because we want you to be successful and you want to be successful. So usually during this process, uh, instructors will have a chance to reflect on the set of topics that they are most suited to teach. And if you think about those topics, like initially, most people think the world is my oyster. I could teach so many different things. Yeah, leadership, like, right? I could teach leadership to CEOs because <laughs> I lead at an organization. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Usually, usually by the end of, of, of this um, exercise, folks realize that, oh, wow, there's actually an incredibly narrow set of topics that I could teach. Um, and, and that's a good thing because, um, you want to start in a more specific, um, place. You know, if you're trying to be every, everything to everyone that doesn't usually work well. Um, also if you, uh, are going to teach a topic and it's going to be pretty generic, you're really competing against, um, dozens, if not hundreds of other courses that are teaching about leadership, for example, or leadership to CEOs. And so if you are not really the best person to teach that you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, go in that territory. You should instead think about something that is your unique strength, where you have a track record of expertise, a proven track record, where if someone looked at your profile, your LinkedIn profile, let's say, you didn't give any voiceover, you didn't explain anything, they literally just looked at your LinkedIn profile, they pretty much should be able to say, oh, this person should teach this thing. If it's not that obvious, you probably should choose something that, that is more obvious of a topic to teach. Okay, so you know, just so you know this, and I don't know if you do know this, Wes, but I submitted myself um, to Maven as an instructor to teach others how to be a better podcast host, and I immediately received this. Access denied. I don't know if uh, <laughs> if I got to do a better pitch, so we'll work on we'll talk about that after the podcast. But let's talk about um, let's talk about the consumer. Um, how do I, now that if I've been selected as an instructor and you've distilled down for me what I can teach and you've accepted me 
as a viable instructor to teach it, whatever it might be in business tech and so on. How do I get my students? Is it my responsibility? Are you showing me how to market myself? Is there, is it, is it, are you providing a service or an add-on service to help me market myself? Talk, talk about how I might get my audience if I don't have one. Maven is a platform and a marketplace. So from the platform side, we provide the tooling for you to be able to build your course and a, a one-stop shop to have everything that you need to be able to do that all in one place. And you have a student portal where it's a, a, a site that your students can log into and, and be able to access everything that they need about your course. So that's the platform side. The marketplace side means that we have a bunch of students who are coming onto maven.com who are looking for courses. I mean, we are the destination for cohort-based courses. And so we have a bunch of people who um, are coming onto the site, looking for courses that they can take. We have a ton of students who take multiple courses on Maven and, you know, they hear about Sean Perry's course and then they get interested in Sam Parr's course. And then they get interested in Arielle Jackson's course and then Amanda Getz's course. And so we have a bunch of people who are really excited to learn and who are bought into this concept of court-based learning. And from their positive experience taking one, taking one Maven course, they see how it is so much more engaging and so much more impactful for them as students. Uh, and they want to do it again. And so, uh, you know, I think that the benefit for a marketplace for an instructor side is that, you know, if you were hosting your course on your own, um, you're kind of, you're, you're a bit of an island, you know, and you are responsible for driving all this traffic to your, your tiny island. Uh, whereas if you put your course on Maven, there's already a ton of traffic coming onto the site and uh, a lot of students who are bought into the brand, bought into uh, the concept of core-based courses who are scrolling through and looking for topics on podcasting or leadership or people management or, or uh, marketing, customer, uh, customer experience, right? So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, quote unquote demands identity to use kind of a startup jargony term where we have a lot of students who are looking for, for uh, courses around business, tech, strategy, how to level up in the workplace, how to get promoted. Um, level and, up. Uh, yeah, you can you can really get your course in front of a lot of eyeballs. Advanced 360 Education is a data-focused digital marketing company with proven positive outcomes for educational institutions. Advanced 360 Education does not simply rely on instinct to make assumptions about audiences or key data points. Rather, through data intelligence, client strategies take on a higher level of effectiveness. To learn more, visit a360education.com or call Anthony Espinoza at 310-704-5369. That's 310-704-5369. That's Anthony Espinoza at Advanced 360 Education. You know, Wes, you're doing a really good job of saying all the like words that I have as my sound effects, just for the record. Thank you for that. Uh, every, <laughs> time, every time you say something I'm like, oh, I got that right in Level front of up. me. Um, so here's the thing, right? So I'm, I'm a higher ed person. I've been in higher ed for 20 years. We do a higher education podcast. We interview higher education leaders all across this the, the world. And one of the things that keeps coming up is higher eds, I don't know, I don't know, it's worry by some and less worried by others about alternative credentialing and skill stacking and um, ed tech companies. And I'm seeing um, your founders or your co-founders, a, a few of them come from, you know, uh, big skilled kind of development companies, right, that are big now, um, that, that 
you know, there is a group of students, particularly adult learners, that in the past, if they wanted to learn about leadership or technology, they would have gone to higher ed. They would have gotten a degree or maybe an advanced degree or taken a class here, a class there. But you don't have to do that anymore if you want to get um, a, a certain skill. And so the skill stacking is becoming much more common um, and much more relevant. And this is a really interesting space for an organization like Maven to, to play, right? Because there just are people out there that want to learn something, learn it quickly, learn it dynamically, and then move on and apply it in their job. What's the demand right now? I mean, how fast are you guys growing? What's the you know, what's the trajectory of your organization? Yeah, I love that you bring up the still the skill stacking perspective because we are seeing a lot of students who want to learn from experts who have been in the trenches and have relevant, timely experience. And I think higher ed will always uh, hold a special place in many people's um, hearts and careers. But, you know, after we graduate from undergrad, a lot of people, um, that's, that's kind of the last, the last uh, touch point that you have with formal education. Um, and even when you think back to, to undergrad, um, you know, the marketing instructors that I learned from when I was an uh, uh, undergrad business student um, hadn't been in industry for 20 to 30 years. Yikes. They've been in academia. Um, and, you know, given the pace at how fast things are moving um, and how fast marketing changes and, and, uh, and, and different trends around uh, channel growth and, and, you know, what's happening with, with technology affecting marketing. Um, there's just so much uh, that, that those professors didn't know about. And so now you can learn from the VP of marketing at, you know, the fastest growing startups. You can learn from the CMO at uh, interesting fortune 1000 companies you can learn from um, advisors who advised uh, CEOs at some of the fastest growing companies, right? So you can learn from, from people like Lenny Rochitsky, who was a product manager at Airbnb in the early days, uh, and now write, writes a Substack newsletter all about product. You can learn from Arielle Jackson, who is a branding and positioning expert who works with first-round capital companies. Um, you can learn from Amanda Natividad, who's VP of marketing at SparkToro. Uh, a market research company. And so it's, it just, it opens up an, a, a new group of people that you can learn from. And these people previously were not teaching. And so we are, are bringing this, this new group online teaching. Um, and so I don't really see it competing with higher education. I see it being um, supplementary to, to what uh, most people have, have already experienced in higher ed. Do you upsell? Like, do you, you know, you get a course with, with US and in this course, you say, here's some other courses that you might like as a, as a student to keep them in the Maven, you know, universe, because then you start thinking about partnerships, right? So if I'm a higher ed institution, which of course I work at one, I'm going to say, you know, Wes, I'd really love access to this class of people that are taking um, leadership and, and say, hey, look, you know what, we want to partner with you and you give us access to this group of 20 students and, and see if we can get them into our degrees and we'll do some kind of revenue share and so on. Higher ed's always looking for ways to, to develop students, right? You see to use merge with edX for pipeline and so on and so on. You're getting a lot of interest in partnerships now. And, and what does that look like? Right now, we're mainly focused on building up the marketplace. So keeping courses on Maven and building up the number of courses that we're offering, and then also building up our student database. 
so that uh, we're really addressing both the instructor side and the student side. So we're not really looking too much at, at external partnerships right now. And so how many instructors do you get that want to teach? Like, you know, you're getting 50 people a day, 150, a million 50 saying, yes, I want to be an instructor. I mean, because the vetting process or the amount of resources that you have to put into the vetting process, I'm sure is growing with every single course and every single instructor, especially as word mm -hmm. gets out. Yeah. And we put a ton of effort into the Maven course accelerator, that two week course that I talked about. We have Maven staff members reviewing instructors curriculum, giving feedback. Uh, I personally teach it. And so it's a, it's a heavy investment that we put into our instructors to make sure that they are creating high quality courses and setting them up for success. So uh, for every cohort that we run, we get thousands of applications from instructors who, who want to join. Uh, and previously, you know, we've ranged between accepting 50 to 100 um, instructors in every batch. We're wanting to increase that to scale up uh, and, and aiming to to uh, accept a couple hundred um, going forward in future cohorts to try to open it up a bit more and, and let more people onto the platform. But right now we're actually still, um, we're still uh, pre-product in that we have not publicly opened up our product for anyone to be able to come onto maven.com and you know click a few buttons and create a course. So we're still letting instructors on in batches. Um, and so we're being, we're being more thoughtful about you know, who should be on the platform? Are these courses high quality? Are these instructors, you know, do they really care about creating a great experience for their students? Um, and so far we've had uh, over 600 students or 600 instructors go through the Maven course accelerator uh, in the past nine months or so since running it. Um, and- uh, Amazing. And yeah, so it's, it's been really, really fantastic. We've had thousands of students in, in these different cohorts. Uh, so we really wanna scale up and uh, are excited to do that. You know, so you must keep track of, I'm guessing here, but you must keep track of as these cohorts, see, I cannot get cohorts right in my brain here. Cohorts running that you have retention, right? You Maybe you have an instructor has this cohort of students and they're just all disappearing. You have one where every single student stays and why is that? What is this person doing that this other person is not? I'm, I'm assuming you have a lot of internal metrics to measure outcomes, right? Because it's the outcomes that sell the future product. Yes. I think one of the most exciting things about Maven is that we have access to so much data across hundreds of cohorts, hundreds of instructors, um, and we can really see what's working with certain instructors and, and what's not working. Uh, and then we're able to share that out to all the other instructors. So it, it's, it's a, it really um, helps uh, what is that? The the rising tide lifts all boats. Like we we are helping yep. to rise to to raise the tide here. Um, and you know, in any anything that works well for one instructor or any mistake that an instructor makes, we're able to share that with everyone else. So everyone else is constantly leveling up. So you know, if we see, you know, for example, actually, initially we thought that that courses had to be three to four weeks to be effective, and we had a pair of instructors say, you know what, Wes, we're gonna do the opposite of that. We're going to make our course three days. And I thought, okay, give it a shot. Let us know how it goes. You know, we're very big on experimentation and we love when instructors uh, kind of try different wildcard ideas because, you know, half the time it ends up uh, beating the incumbent of whatever we were recommending before. And so these instructors came back. It was Sahil Bloom and Julian Shapiro. They have one of the most popular courses on Maven called uh, Audience Building. Um, and they came back and, and it was a blowout success. They had hundreds of students in their, in their very first cohort. Um, and they charged, I think, 
per person. And they've since raised it, I think, to about six fifty. Um, they've run multiple cohorts now. And uh, I think they extended it to one week, actually. They, they, they extended it from three days to one week. Uh, but it really showed us that, wow, um, the course, a course doesn't have to be, you know, many, many weeks for it to be successful. It can be a couple days to a week and still make a really big impact on students. And sometimes students actually even prefer shorter courses because, um, you know, attention spans and just uh, busyness at work, um, sometimes a week and or a couple of days ends up being the right amount of time to carve out, to be able to fully dedicate yourself to a course. And since then, this was, I don't know, a year ago now, uh, since then we started recommending for first-time creators to do a shorter initial course. Um, it's great for a tighter feedback loop for you, the instructor, for you to be able to see what's working for your students, to be able to tailor, uh, tailor to them in your next cohort, to be able to improve faster between cohorts. And it's, um, it's really tight, kind of a, a boot camp intensive style for students so that they don't have to block off, you know, six to eight weeks to, to take a course. They can do it in a really um, quick, quick way that fits into their schedules. So that's just one example of, um, of you know, the instructors kind of uh, on our platform really breaking the mold and, and innovating in a bunch of different ways. Um, and a lot of times uh, surprising us, surprising themselves. Um, and so we're constantly innovating on how do we um, create great student outcomes? How do we make students, you know, even more excited to take the course um, and, and trying, trying a bunch of tactics, trying a bunch of, of different things? You know, I, I love it, right? Because it's a little bit of a flipped model compared to what higher ed is used to. I've got 20 years teaching experience. I can go in a classroom, I can teach, or I can teach it online, as opposed to I am literally working on this marketing project as a VP of marketing in this company right now. And I'm going to tell you what I deal with every single day, right? There's a relatability aspect to being uh, in mm -hmm. a course with um, somebody who's going through the same issues and barriers and successes as you're looking to go through right so that i think that relatability factor the the practical nature right this is somebody that's going to teach me practical skills is what makes maven really unique absolutely that that practical piece is very very important so you know one of the concepts that we teach in the maven course accelerator is to not spend too much time on the what and the why this is a common mistake that i see with a lot of first-time course creators is that they spend, you know, 30 minutes describing why communication is important. And, you know, I saw this in, you know, one of, one of the instructors teaching a product management course had a section on, on communication and, and he spent like 30 minutes talking about that. And, and I was giving him feedback and I said, you know, most of your students already know that communication is important. Like this is a, it's, it's a pretty basic insight, especially as a product manager. I mean, it, by the time you, you, you know, are, are a mid-level product manager, you, you already know this. So you can just spend two minutes covering why communication is important, but spend the rest of the time in your workshop talking about how, how do you get buy-in as a product manager? If you don't have formal authority over others, how do you push back? How do you communicate competing priorities? How do you get buy-in? How do you um, deliver hard feedback, right? How do you take into account a bunch of different viewpoints from different stakeholders um, and, and be able to turn it turn chaos into order, right? Those are all hows that your students want to learn. And instead of just, talk, just talking about the how, you can go a level deeper and show actual examples, show screenshots of Slack messages that you've written, show write-ups, strategy docs 
Notion doc write-ups, Google doc write-ups that you've written to communicate. Um, show uh, a, tr a transcript or a, a recording of an, a meeting that you led and here are the things that you did to keep the meeting on track, right? These are all, uh, show scripts of, of language that you can use, words and phrases that you can use um, as a product manager, right? Like these are all deeper ways to show the how. So you really should spend about 20% on the what and why maximum, 80% on the how. And that really keeps your course practical and it differentiates it from other forms of content that are free. So if you think about reading tweet threads, blog articles, listening to podcasts, a lot of it is uh, a bit higher level, right? Because in those media, you can't go, you can't go as deep as you can when you are meeting multiple times a week for you know an hour and a half, diving deep into the material. So you really don't want people to say, oh, that course felt like a, a paid webinar. You know, that, that's, that's quite an insult exactly. if someone says that about your course. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to differentiate it by making it really hands-on and really practical. Nailed it. Love it. Wes, uh, so I always like to wrap up these episodes. Um, by the way, I keep trying to submit my information on your website, and I keep getting the same message. Error, error, error. But we're, again, we'll bring, bring that up later. I don't know how to, how to get by. Um, you're going to have to vet me uh, separately here. But I, I, will, um, I, I really find it fascinating, right? I, found, I find this fascinating that you're growing rapidly, that you can have access to high-level talent like this and, and learn right away. Um, and this is potentially what the future of higher ed looks like or education in general, which of course I'm helping to answer the question for you here. But tell me, uh, first of all, what did we not say about Maven? Anything that you plan to say today that you didn't say or anything that's on your mind that you wanted uh, to just plug events you have coming up, speaking opportunities you have coming up, you know, plug away. And secondarily to that, tell me what you think the future of education looks like. Yeah. In terms of, of plugs, we have a cohort of the Maven course accelerator coming up in August. So we're currently accepting applications. We just opened them yesterday. So uh, if you are interested in teaching, definitely throw your, throw your name in the ring. Are you talking um, to me? You're talking to me directly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. We should definitely talk. We'll, we'll definitely talk after. Uh, okay. uh, so that's, that's one is the upcoming cohort of Maven course accelerator. The other thing that I want to mention that I didn't get to say is that uh, one thing that I've noticed is many of the most credible instructors originally didn't see themselves as instructors or felt imposter syndrome and um, self-doubt about whether they even had anything to teach, which I always thought was just so fascinating. You know, it's like, it's, it's just shocking that, um, the, you know, the amount of humility that some of the best instructors have, which is amazing because that's probably how they got to be so good because they were constantly pushing themselves to be better. But on the other hand, it also, um, I think sometimes uh, people who are, who are so humble um, uh, take themselves out of the running before the race is even started. And so, you know, if you are someone who, um, you know, is wondering, oh, do I even have anything to teach? Or, you know, why me? Am I good enough? Uh, there, you are probably exactly the kind of person who should be teaching. Because there are all, there's a bunch of people who are not even asking themselves that question who are just like, oh yeah, I should definitely teach. You know, many of them aren't as qualified as you are. So I would say that, you know, if you feel self-doubt and, and, you know, feel awkward promoting yourself, uh, chances are that you do have a lot to share. And, uh, and I would love to invite you to, to consider teaching. And a lot of those people are already sharing and already teaching on social media platforms or within their networks and probably just don't even realize it or, or recognize exactly. it because it's a natural piece of giving back, right? 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you see as the future of education, Wes? I see the future of education as being uh, decoupled from, I see, I see learning and formal education being decoupled. I think the very exciting thing about core-based learning is that it offers working professionals a chance to experience the magic of formal education. You know, when we were in school, breathing the same air as, you know, as the students to our right and to our left with, with an environment to focus on learning um, and, and, and improving ourselves, you know, having that structured format. Once you graduate college uh, and, you know, or, or, you know, a master's program, um, there just, there are so few opportunities to learn in a more structured way. And I think that's a huge miss. And it's something that um, is lacking in, in many of our lives. So I'm really excited that Court-based learning can can kind of supplement higher education by um, by being another way for working professionals to to kind of spot learn. You know, you're you're dealing with something right now at work, and you can take a one week course solving that specific problem. And you know, maybe a few months later, you realize you want to learn something else, and you can you can uh, take a course on that. So I'm really excited about that decoupling of of um, education just being something that that you do you know super formally. Uh, at only an undergrad and it opening up and being something that you can do um, in, on, on a lifelong basis as a working professional. I love it. Attention. So maven.com courses from world-class instructors, uh, just to list a couple of the categories, crypto, startup, creator economy, marketing, leadership, productivity, finance, career, technology, I sifted through this uh, for about half an hour today to find all these amazing people and all these amazing courses. Wes, I think you, um, uh, you and your co-founders are building something uh, completely unique and amazing uh, for the industry of of teaching and learning. So, uh, congratulations, and I wish you much, much success. Um, and uh, and wish the instructors across uh, the world that you have success in uh, t- in bringing their insights to the masses, if you will. Um, Wes, did you have a good uh, EdUp experience today? I had a great experience. Thank you, Joe. All right. Well, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, here she is again. She is Wes Ko. She's co-founder of Maven. Wes, it's been an absolute honor to have you on. Thanks, Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just EdUped. Effective marketing for educational institutions requires a dedicated partner that understands the complex, constantly evolving digital landscape in which colleges, universities, and career schools compete. The EdUp Experience podcast partner, Advanced 360 Education, is a data-focused digital marketing company with proven positive outcomes for educational institutions. Advanced 360 Education does not simply rely on instinct to make assumptions about audiences or key data points. Through data intelligence, client strategies take on a higher level of effectiveness, whether the goal is driving enrollment, alumni engagement, or other educational marketing campaigns. To learn more, visit a360education.com or call Anthony Espinoza at 310-704-5369. That's Anthony Espinoza, 310-704-5369, a360education.com.